morning, everybody. My name is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church, and welcome to our worship service this morning. Whether you're from Parker Ford or joining us online, we're so glad to have you. As we continue our series, we've called Costly Faith. Throughout this series, we're exploring the Greek word pistis and all of its range of meanings. And then we're looking at different stories from the Old Testament and then from the life of Christ that show uh, examples of what it means to be a person of faith. And so we're going to continue that today in a two, the first of a two-part uh, teaching, Faith When I'm Betrayed. So when I'm betrayed, we've looked at faith when I'm lonely, uh, faith when it's dark, and today we start a two-part teaching, Faith When I'm Betrayed. We want this service to be interactive, and so throughout the morning, you're going to be invited to pause the video at different times and have a discussion. If you're with a group, you can talk through the questions and scripture with those you're with. If you're alone, this is an opportunity for you to process with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, maybe with a journal. And so your, your clue to get ready for that will be when there's a slide on your screen with the questions with floral print on it. Then you can get ready to pause the video and have a discussion. The memory verse uh, we've been working on has been from Hebrews. We're going to start a new memory verse today, and it's related to the theme of faith. And this is probably my favorite verse when it comes to talking and expressing what it means to be a person of faith. It's a well-known verse, Galatians 2.20. And so I'm going to read it, and then you can pause the video and maybe for a minute or two minutes work on memorizing this verse. So it's Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. Take a minute and work on memorizing this verse and then join us as we continue the service. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 125. So if you would, if you are physically able, stand up and you can read this out loud with me. And uh, let's read Psalm 125. This is a song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. It's a, it's a simple uh, psalm of ascent that pilgrims would have prayed or sung as they journeyed to the temple for their sacrifices. Let's read it together. Psalm 125, verse 1. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. The wicked will not rule the land of the godly, for then the godly might be tempted to do wrong. O Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. But banish those who turn to crooked ways, O Lord. Take them away with those who do evil. May Israel have peace. You can be seated. Before we transition into today's teaching, I want to invite you into a time of discussion or reflection on the following questions, which will kind of set up the teaching on faith when I'm betrayed, being a person of faith when we're experiencing betrayal. What do you think the Bible has to say about the act of betrayal or going through betrayal? What does the Bible have to say or teach us when we ourselves are experiencing betrayal? And have you ever been betrayed by someone you trusted? Did that have an impact on your trust in God? Go ahead and have a discussion about this and then welcome you to join us for today's teaching.
This morning we're going to be looking at the story of Hosea and all of the betrayal that he experienced and what it was like for him to have faith in the Lord even while walking through that experience. Before we continue on uh, to the scripture and the teaching portion, let's pray and invite the Holy Spirit to teach us today. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and I specifically want to thank you for this story. This is a story that I've returned to over and over again and uh, continued to glean from and learn from. Thank you for uh, the faith of Hosea, and even though he walked through such a difficult set of circumstances, um, thank you for your faithfulness in his life. Thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. And I pray as we engage this teaching this morning that you would continue to shape us to be a people of faith, who walk with you in faith and loyalty and allegiance and belief and trust. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today's teaching is Faith When I'm Betrayed, uh, part one. We're going to be looking at the story of Hosea. Um, as we've been doing this series, as I've been preparing for it, I've also been doing some personal study and reading and uh, listening to lectures and and teachings on the word pistis and faith. And so we've had a working definition that I've moderated a little bit. I've shifted as I've continued to learn. So uh, the new definition that I'm working off of for what it means to be a person of faith, a pistis, a person of pistis of faith, with all of the range of its meaning, uh, I would put it like this now. Uh, it's a trusting belief. Faith is a trusting belief in the faithfulness of God founded upon the work of Christ and expressed through loyalty and allegiance to Jesus. I, I switched the language up a little bit to make it a little bit uh, more nuanced and precise in, in what I meant. So faith is a trusting belief in the faithfulness of God. First and foremost, it's based on God's faithfulness, always, <laughs> not based on our, fa our faithfulness. It's founded, our faith is founded upon the work of Christ and we express it through loyalty and allegiance and belief to Jesus. Some of the resources, just so to be upfront, that are shaping my thought, and you're welcome to engage in any of these um, on your own. Uh, one that I've been reading is Nijay Gupta's Paul and the Language of Faith. It's a little bit dense, it's an academic uh, work, but he explores pistis in the work of Paul and uh, how, how the word shows a dynamic range of meanings. Um, in Paul's writing. And so that's Nijay Gupta's Paul in the Language of Faith, which has been really instrumental in my own understanding. Also, Matthew Bates wrote a recent book called Gospel Allegiance, where he explores this theme of pistis faith when it comes to allegiance towards our king. And the name of that book is Gospel Allegiance. And then there's a podcast I listen to called On Script, um, which is kind of a nerdy podcast. It's, it's very much... Um, uh, academic biblical scholars kind of uh, geeking out together over the, their uh, specific um, practices, but it's a really helpful resource. And OnScript has had a series of podcast conversations with experts in biblical studies on faith and pistis, and so I've been listening uh, to those as well. And so those and a number of, of other resources have been forming and informing and shaping my own understanding of pistis and faith as I've been walking through this journey uh, with you. So have you ever felt betrayed? Have you ever been betrayed before? How did it feel? Did you like it? I'm assuming not. Have you ever been betrayed by a person 
that you most trusted or by an authority figure, you know, the type of person like a parent or a coach or a teacher, the very person who should have your welfare at their, their very being, at the very core of their heart. Someone who should be looking out for you. Have you ever been betrayed by a person like that? If you've been abused by an authority figure, or perhaps your spouse was unfaithful, or a close friend lied about you to advance their own career or put you down, you know what it's like to be betrayed. And all of us have experienced betrayal on different levels, some uh, more traumatic experiences uh, than others, but all of us have experienced this on some level. And all of us have also betrayed others at some time. If we're honest, we know that we have betrayed the trust of others and have certainly at different times betrayed God. And the Bible speaks to this over and over again. And I think few stories illustrate betrayal as clearly as the story of Hosea. If you're not familiar with Hosea, um, Hosea was a prophet that uh, prophesied in the northern kingdom of Israel around uh, 725 BC. So this would have been over seven centuries before the coming of Christ. Um, But it's after the kingdom has been split in two. So it's Israel and Judah. It's after Israel, the northern kingdom, has had a long history of idolatry and failed kings. Um, And the Assyrians are creeping at the door and will eventually take the people, the northern kingdom, take over the northern kingdom into exile. And the Assyrian nation was a brutal nation. Um, And wherever they conquered, they left a a wake of destruction and death in their pathway. Um, Nineveh was an Assyrian city where Jonah was called to prophesy that he just hated these people and he ran in the other direction. And so The Assyrians were very much the enemy of the people of God. Hosea um, is prophesying during a lot of this time. So it says in Hosea chapter 1, we're going to look at the story of Hosea in chapter 1 and chapter 3, the two chapters out of the 14 chapters that that tell us about his life. And we're going to look at betrayal and what it meant for Hosea to be a person of faith, to be a prophet of faith, to be a man of faith in the midst of this betrayal. So Hosea chapter 1 sets the stage for us. It says in verse 1, The word of the Lord came to Hosea, son of Bari, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reigns of Jeroboam and Jehoash, king of Israel. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. What an assignment to receive from God. Here's a prophet. Here's a man who's seeking after the word of God, the presence of God. And the Lord shows up and speaks to him and says, go and marry a promiscuous woman. Now this is a gloss. Um, what he's saying is go and marry a prostitute. Go and marry a woman who sells herself and sells her body in order to survive and pay the bills. Go and marry such a woman because that is going to be a living prophetic illustration of what it's like between my represent. Uh, my relationship 
uh, with my people. And so, you know, sympathy is when you can see someone's circumstances and, and have an understanding, a sympathetic understanding of what they're going through. Empathy takes it up a notch. Maybe you've been through a very similar situation. And so it's not just that you can understand it. You've actually gone through it before. And so you feel it. You feel it on that guttural heart level. And so if you've had, you know, gone through a divorce, you can empathize with someone else who's going through a similar situation. Or if you've had a parent die, you can empathize with someone else who's, who's uh, losing a parent figure. And so empathy is really born out of pain. And what the Lord is saying to his prophet Hosea is he's calling him to move from a place of sympathy where he can understand what God is saying to a place of empathy where he's actually gone through a similar experience that his heart is breaking in the same way that God's heart is breaking. Because like an unfaithful spouse, God is looking at his people, the people of Israel in the northern kingdom, and he's saying, like an unfaithful spouse, you've been unfaithful to my love even though I've loved you like a husband. So he says to Hosea, go and marry a promiscuous woman as a sign to the people of Israel that this is the way that they're living. And so Hosea did it. He marries a woman named Gomer, and she conceives and bore him a son. Verse 4, Then the Lord said to Hosea, Call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day, I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. Gomer conceives again for the second time a daughter. Then the Lord said, Call her Lo Ruhumaha, which means not loved. Can you imagine? I, ha- I have a daughter named Grace, and her name is Grace Anna, which means grace upon grace, because Anna or Hannah also means grace. Grace upon grace. And, you know, every parent wants to give their child, every daddy wants to give his little girl a blessing for a name. And here Hosea, who certainly loves his daughter, is told by God to name her not loved. For I, the Lord says, will no longer show love to Israel that I should at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to Judah and I will save them not by bow or sword or battle or by horses or horsemen, but I, the Lord, their God, will save them. And after she had weaned lo ruhu maha, Gomer had another son. Then the Lord said, call him lo ami which means not my people. So now he's got to call his son not my people, for you are not my people and I am not your God. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. They will be called children of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together. They will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. So even then in this brutal uh, prophecy where Hosea has got to empathetically live out this prophetic representation of what's happening. He marries the prostitute. She bears him three children. He names them Jezreel and not loved and not my people. But then at the end of chapter one, the Lord is saying that there's going to be redemption. And chapter two is a prophetic cry to Israel to return to the Lord. And that leads us to chapter three, this short chapter that gives us the last glimpse into the life of Hosea and the story that he had to walk out. It says in verse one, the Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again, though she has loved, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cake. So what's happened here 
We don't know when it happened, but after Gomer had had the three children, at some point she sells herself back into the industry. She leaves her husband with their three children. She leaves him and walks out the door and goes back to her old lifestyle. Who knows why, what, what compelled her to do that. But regardless, she's left her children and left her husband and returned to her former lifestyle. And now the Lord says to Hosea, go and love your wife, which means that he has to go and purchase her back. He's got to go to the man who essentially owns her who sells her body, and he has to humble himself, even though he is her husband, the one who's been betrothed to her, the one who, who has had three children with her. He's got to stoop to this level of humility to go to this man and purchase his own wife back from him. And that's what he does. Verse 2, So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver, and about a homer and a lethic of barley. So he brings both money and food, and he gives it to this man or the syndicate that would have had ownership of her body. And he buys her back. He purchases her out of that. And he says to her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will behave the same way towards you. Verse 4, for the Israelites will live many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. The scriptures have many stories of betrayal. I can think of uh, several just right off the, you know, the, the top of my head and think about Cain and Abel and the betrayal between brothers. Or think about Adam and Eve and the betrayal of the trust of God or the serpent and the betrayal of the trust with Adam and Eve and so on and so forth. The story has uh, example after example. The scriptures have example after example of betrayal. But there are a few that I think represent the pain of what it must be like uh, to be betrayed as the story of Hosea. We can think about it from, you know, this happened over uh, 2,700 years ago. This is in a very different culture, in a very different time and place. But I think we can also put ourselves in the shoes. We can try to put ourselves in the shoes of Hosea to experience what it was like for him to be betrayed. To have this woman that he brought out of that lifestyle, to love her, and then to have three children with her and then to lose her back into that system and then to go and have to purchase her back the betrayal that Hosea must have felt the pain that he must have felt the children must have felt uh, to lose their mother in that way perhaps you've experienced betrayal on a similar level Hosea remains a person of faith in this time he remains loyal with steadfast allegiance to God. What was it like for him to have faith uh, while going through this? I'm sure it was difficult. I'm sure there was questioning of God. Why, God? Why are you allowing this to happen? I'm sure there was loneliness and pain. But we know that Hosea uh, continued to pursue the Lord. And I desire for us to be a people that no matter what we're going through, even when we're going through a season of betrayal, continue to pursue him. Next week, we're going to look at the betrayal of Jesus and what it's like 
when we betray Jesus, what it was like when his disciples, and specifically the, the most famous betrayal, the, the disciple Judas betraying Christ. But as we close this time of teaching, uh, before we transition into the final part of our service, I want to invite us to reflect on the following questions in response um, to Hosea's chapter 1 and chapter 3. What do you think it was like for Hosea to be betrayed? Put yourself in his, in his shoes. What was it like? What did he feel like? What did he experience when he was betrayed by his wife, Gomer? Do you think this story is a fitting illustration of humanity's betrayal of God? How, does, how did Hosea respond? And how does God respond both to Israel, to Hosea's story, but then also to ours? Go ahead and spend time reflecting on these questions and then join us for today's benediction. This story with Hosea is one of those stories that I return to quite frequently, multiple times a year, that I would read this book or, or think about this story and think about what it's like for God to walk with us and how much humility and grace and love that he has towards us, his people who consistently turn our backs on him. There's this beautiful passage later in the book of Hosea in chapter 6 that I want to read as our benediction this morning. And it's, it's a lament by the prophet Hosea. It's also a prayer of intercession calling the people of God back to their one true love, back to their one true Lord and God. And so I'm going to read Hosea 6 to close our service today. Not the whole chapter, but the first few verses. Hosea 6, starting in verse 1, says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Another way of translating verse 3 is, let us know the Lord. Let us press on to know him, to experience him, to touch him, to hear his voice. And so my benediction this morning is this, let us as the people of God press on to know and acknowledge the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you have a great day. Go with God. Be blessed.